0: So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash show, and for as little as 5 bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there.
1: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. According to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
2: It's midnight in a gothic metropolis of undetermined location. An all night rave has partygoers loose and having fun all together at once. Two such partygoers are Harley Quinn and Pamela Isley, taking a night on the town. Hey Ivy, let's steal something, Harley whispers, they giggle, and grab a pile of jewels from a local business and scramble away. It is then that a mighty roar calls out from over the horizon, and Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur race forwards, eager to hero, and ready to rumble. It's Clown and Plant versus Genius and T-Rex. It's BFFs versus BFFs. It's Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy versus Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Today on Who Would Win? And
0: welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world, and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stikhanis. Legion of Audience, by popular demand, Who Would Win brings you another team versus team battle. In one corner, you have Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, soon to be another Marvel sensation in animated form, versus one of HBO Max's ultimate dynamic duos in Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test, just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed. And do I even have to say it at this point? Because not even once, not even once, has this battle been discussed before in the history of geek culture. Trust me, I checked. I checked. Ray, what are your thoughts on today's
2: matchup? I'm a little fired up for this one. Maybe a little bit extra. You know, I've been doing very, very well so far in Season 5, although not the perfect record that I was hoping for. And when we talk about adding in more team battles, adding in a 2v2, adding in duo battles, you got to find the right people that would actually fight together. You know, we've had a lot of suggestions, James, come across and just like, do... Guile from Street Fighter teamed up with Shredder versus, you know, uh, Liberty Prime from Fallout teamed up with with uh, uh, Nakia from Wakanda Forever. And I'm just like, I mean, okay, but, like, that doesn't make any sense. There's no narrative to pull from there. If we're going to do a team battle, these have to be people who actually, you know, fight together in their respective properties. And boy, do we have that here. Harley Quinn and Pamela Isley, a.k.a. Poison Ivy, are a lot of fun, a great duo, a great chemistry on Scream. And Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, we got a brand new Disney Plus animated show coming out. For a relatively new property, and these two are a magical tandem as well. And I think people are gonna want to learn about them, and I think people will love them when they do. You know,
0: it's definitely, in fact, listen, when we get these suggestions and we love getting them, they have to make sense. Right. They absolutely have to make sense to so what Ray is saying. You can't mix and match too much. You gotta have this duo that has this cohesiveness, you know, versus another team that has similar properties. Now, uh, Ray, this actually brings up what I wanna talk to you about today, because speaking of cohesiveness, you and I don't seem to have it these days. We disagree. I don't know if Legion of audience, I don't know if you can tell. We disagree on pretty much everything, whether it's on the show, uh, in production meetings, whatever it is. And uh, yet again, Ray, I'm sorry to say this. I got another memo from HR. Hmm. And they suggested because we don't want to get fired. You and I talk this out a little bit. We each bring up a suggestion. The other one kind of says something. We, we just go back and forth and have it. So I'm going to bring up yeah. a suggestion. James, you, or, or would, one of these you
2: would hijack the show to, to, to bring this to my attention. You know outside the show, I only speak to you through mediators. It's so true. It's so true. Okay, so I'm going to mention
0: something of yours that bothers me. You do the same thing. We'll just have a little bit back and forth here. This the, I've been told this is going to help a lot. All right, here we go. Uh, Ray... I don't like the way you hold a fork. There's a right way and a wrong way, and the right way isn't holding a fork with your whole fist. It's not a hammer. And if I wanted to eat with Neanderthals, I would have stayed in Canada. There, I said it. Okay, Ray, your turn. I made Go that
2: ahead. one mistake to have dinner with James Gavsey like five years ago. And no, I don't hold a fork like a pencil, like some weirdo. You hold it, you grip it real tight in case somebody comes by trying to slap it out of your hand and you shovel that food into your mouth. Everybody knows that. So you know what? You can keep your complaints. This is why I usually use mediators. James, if I had to complain about one thing It's all the whining that you do in the boardroom based on DMs from people whose opinions don't matter. James likes to come into the boardroom and say, well, I'm getting two people from Twitter messaging me after the show saying they're not happy with the decision where I lost. And it's like, yes, they're whiners too, James. Stop the whining.
0: Unlike your awkward allies who are loud and mighty and about five in number, I do get hit with a lot of, you know, communications from people who aren't happy when I lose um, because they don't like it. I get it. Okay, right? Well taken. Got it, got it, got it. I'll try not to be so whiny. Uh, Here's one for you. Uh, Look, your birthday presents really suck bad. I'm just going to put it out there. They are insanely horrible. Last year, let me see. You gave me a world's greatest aunt coffee mug and a six pack of Pepsi Max and I just found out they stopped making Pepsi Max back in 2016. Your birthday presents, your whole birthday present game needs a huge step up. I feel much better now. That's been with me forever. Sorry. I'll
2: be honest. I've had that world's greatest aunt item for a very, very long time. The problem was I bought it for an aunt who then, you know, didn't make it to her next birthday. And you got to gift that to somebody, James. You should be honored that I would give you something that I would give a family member. (sighs)
0: Okay, this is not working. All right. Listen, this is is a horrible idea.
2: And if I may, one more thing uh, that drives me crazy is when you draw out these bits at the top of the show too long.
0: I'm getting uh, at least three to four DMs every week saying they want longer bits. So uh, that's what we're going to do. Okay. This refer was uh, a horrible my, idea. Refer to my
2: complaint number one then.
0: That's fair. All right. Let's see what our judge has to say about this. Making another appearance on the Who Would Win Show. It's someone who NASA, SpaceX, MIT, and my mother-in-law all agree is the smartest man on the planet. It's host of the Delvin Cox Experience and the PlayStation Experience oh, podcast. What? Oh, yeah, you'll never guess who it is. It's the one. It's the only. It's Delvin Cox. Delvin, welcome back to Who Would Win.
3: Ow. I am super happy to be back. Ray's here, too. How does yeah. this always
2: happen? I get off to a big-time winning streak, and then the Delvin Cox signal goes off from <laughs> Who Would Win headquarters, and suddenly Delvin's on the show within seven days. This is outrageous.
3: That's how it is.
2: It happens. Selvin, you're often
0: described as a genius, uh the smartest person on the internet. Why do you think that title fits you so
3: well? Because unlike Ray, I am always right. Wow. How dare you? Sure, true. <laughs> true. <How> dare you. <laughs>
0: That's so true. So true. All right. Now listen, um, before we kind of move forward with this and I have to ask your opinion on something, tell the Legion of Audience your fan base what you've been up to.
3: Well, I am working on a p- project. Well, it's Pretty much done now. Where I play, thanks to the great Matthew Dawson, John Stewart Green Lantern. Excellent so, casting. If you guys are interested, in a, what another couple of weeks, you get to hear me alongside someone you may know, Almighty Ray's playing Batman. I'm playing John Stewart Green Lantern. Justice League Mortal coming out really soon, maybe in weeks. So definitely check that out. You get to hear me as Green Lantern. You get to hear Rey as Batman. Will we fight? Will we argue? Probably. But it's definitely something you should definitely check out. It's it's, going to be amazing. Amazing cast. You have Crystal Storm. You got Almighty Race to Canis. You have me. Definitely. You have Matthew Dawson. A star-studded cast. You want to check it out. Four-part episode. Justice League Mortal coming out two days from now.
0: Wow, very cool. Yeah, Matthew Dawson, for those who don't know, he he was making the amazing uh, fight promotional videos for the podcast, and now he's been on doing some great stuff with uh, audio dramas. Wish him the best of luck. This is going to be awesome. We've all been looking forward to it. More importantly, though, Delvin Cox, you heard what Ray and I were talking about. How do you... You're the smartest person on the internet. How would you suggest Ray and I bridge this gap and start, I don't know, seeing eye-to-eye and getting
3: along better? I am a long-time wrestling fan, and what I've learned... From years of watching WWE, when you have two wrestlers that don't like each other, you make them a tag team.
2: I am not <laughs> so in favor of this even a little bit. <laughs>
0: this is this is this is like, um, I, I wow no. So clearly, no. This is uh, who would we who would who do we go against? Who's the tag team we'd be fighting? Let's
3: see. I got to think of somebody who's still alive. <laughs> all the great tag teams. Probably. You know what? You can go against the Young Bucks. I think you guys take the young bucks on. There you go. Matt, Nick Jackson, y'all can take it. Great. because uh, Great. As I'm getting
0: double teamed in the ring, Ray is like, ah, I don't want any part of this and just walks. Off. I already see how this is going. Delvin Cox. This is no, that's why I like it. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. All right. We'll figure something out right now. Listen, we have an amazing matchup today. We got the one and only Delvin Cox. So it is
2: about that time. Ray, do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing DC Comics in partner with HBO Max, the duo who are known for their rash decisions, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, and representing Marvel Comics, the duo who crush everything and make children cry wherever they go, but especially in Marvel Snap, Moon Girl and
0: Devil Dinosaur. Well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Look, I'm going with the HBO Max version of Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy from the Harley Quinn animated series, which is absolutely fantastic. Ray, I know there's a couple of different versions of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Which version are you going with? I mean, with?
2: there really isn't. You know, the, the, the new TV show on Disney Plus uh, debuts actually this week as well, but it's not out yet. So that's going to be real hard to use. Uh, they did not, in fact, send me screeners to prepare for the Who Would Win show. What's up with that? I'll be going with the comic book version of
0: both. Wow, you're the only person of the who would win production. who didn't get screeners for the. That. Well, that's fine. I think that's, that's a good absolutely right. on your part, Ray Sticanus. All right, rule number four debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are long established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five the winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six the judge, the final arbiter, can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or st- logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store to get your very own Who Would Win merchandise and accessories. Go to whowouldwinstore.com right now to get your hands on some fantastic Who Would Win merch. Need to supercharge your hiring? You
2: need a super hiring partner. You need, indeed, I've been a fan of indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring You can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's gonna do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning.
0: Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash WWW offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash WWW indeed.com
2: slash WWW terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. We have a new sponsor for who would win. And I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel strike force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Dr. Doom and of course, save the universe. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me.
0: And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray,
2: please give us the details for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur are a Marvel hero team, and exactly what you think they are. Moon Girl was created by Brandon Montclair, Amy Reader, and Natasha Bustos, and first appeared in Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 1 in 2015. Devil Dinosaur himself goes back further, though, having been created originally by Jack Kirby and first appearing in Devil Dinosaur No. 1 in 1976. Lunella Lafayette is the smartest human on Earth. Well, okay, she's an inhuman, but still. Despite being a nine year old, she constantly outthinks all the biggest brains in the Marvel Universe and has an impressive array of tech to fill in everything else. After finding a sacred nightstone in New York City, she located and connected with a displaced giant red T-Rex becoming a team very quickly. She's the brains, he's the brawn, and together they are a force to be reckoned with. Fun fact, Lunella might be smart, but still got rejected from schools because Reed Richards, alleged smart guy, founded his own academy for genius kids named the Future Foundation. Lunella, despite her genius intellect, has a corkboard of rejection letters from the school, despite testing into their top 3% of the entire world. I guess tuning out during class and not taking part in after-school activities does come with a price. Well, anyway, that is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur.
0: Very interesting. Okay. Here are the details for Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy first appeared in this version of the Harley Quinn animated series on the premiere episode on November 29th, 2019 on the DC Universe streaming service where it then moved to HBO Max. The show was created by Justin Halpern, Patrick Shoemaker, and Dean Laurie. Harley Quinn follows Harley Quinn's adventures after she breaks up with the Joker and strikes out on her own in this new adult animated comedy. With the help of Poison Ivy and a ragtag crew of DC cast-offs, Harley tries to earn a seat at the biggest table in villainy, aka the Legion of Doom, all while navigating her own issues, which include figuring out if she's a villain hero or anti-hero, her love affair with Poison Ivy, and where her rightful place is within this version of the DC animated universe. And here's an interesting fact about Harley Quinn. Did you know that the creators of Batman the Animated Series, the series from the 90s were Harley first appeared, had no intention of Harley Quinn existing as a character for more than one episode? It's true. We all know that Harley Quinn made her debut in Batman the Animated Series, but amazingly, she was only meant to be a cameo. The creators simply needed a female hench person to jump out of a cake for one gag in one episode. However, fans immediately took to Harley in a very big and vocal way, so much so that the creators gave audiences what they wanted, and our gesture-suited star was born. Now, the question really is... Do they have any idea of the popularity this new character would have? My thinking is that they had no clue. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Delvin, do you have any questions before we get started?
3: No questions, but I am super excited. I know a little bit about the Harley Quinn TV show. I only watched one season and Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, I know nothing about. So this is going to be a premiere matchup. Marvel versus DC. I'm hyped.
0: I love it. All right, Ray Canis. go ahead and hit us with point number one. Point number
2: one for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, let's just start by talking about Moon Girl, a.k.a the brains of the operation. And we know that she is literally the smartest person in the entire world. We found this out when she was handed an intelligence test called the Banner Box. She's the only person to have ever solved this test, right? And she did it in a matter of a handful of seconds. Now, I say the only person, we're talking like Bruce Banner, who invented the test, never solved it. (laughs) That's the level of intellect that she has. She basically hands it back to him, totally solved. And, and he says, Well, uh, that's, and this is Amadeus Cho, uh, aka a different version of Hulk, who's also a super genius. He goes, Well, you solved it. You're the smartest person in the world. Great. I should also point out that she's only nine years old in the comic books. They aged her up to high school, you know, early high school for the TV show that's coming out. But as a nine year old, she made a Cree detector as a school project. That caught the attention of the actual Cree, who did not want something like that to be out there. And a guy named Kid Cree, AKA Melvar, his analyzer rated her intelligence as 100% threat to a Kree. Remember, these are the same device that scanned Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury and determined low threat, if any, whatsoever. She is a powerhouse threat due to her intelligence. She's also very tricky. She got Shocker, Electro, and Zax. Uh, in a bank robbery and ended up turning the situation around. So that way they ended up using their electrical power to assist the power grid. And they were able to lower people's bills all around New York city. She has an array of gadgets as well as a result of her uh, hyper, hyperly high intelligence. She wears battle armor consisting of boxing headgear, goggles, and suspenders. She has a computerized utility belt and a backpack that's basically like Inspector Gadget. When I was reading her comics, what really struck me is how Inspector Gadget adjacent her power set is in that she is actually very, very smart, unlike Gadget, but she has this array of go-go Gadget appliances like her backpack can turn into a bungee cord so that way she can gum down, hit somebody or grab something and then launch herself back up into the air again. Because her backpack also becomes a gadget helicopter with holding the two helicopter things and then flying around the city as she needs to. She once whipped out a game of the game Simon with the letters and the colors and match the pattern. She put a bunch of Coke cans around it and then flung it at somebody. So that way it turned into this sort of biological agent that made them all sticky. So that way they were like off-put and weren't able to move. She also has a sonic blaster, which she used to take down the killer folk gang, which are sort of like ancient cavemen that came back, learned the ways of the world, and they came for her. And she was able to take them all down with a sonic blaster weapon that they had absolutely no answer for. She made a taser that was strong enough to drop Devil Dinosaur, more on him in a moment. And her shoes become roller skates with springs in them so she could bounce around, gravity inversion boots so she could stick to walls, and magnet shoes so she could grab metallic objects from the area around her. She also carries a spring-powered boxing glove that nailed the Hulk once and actually caused him quite a bit of pain. And my favorite, a Triceratops made completely out of Legos that doubles as a Gundam she could actually pilot this gigantic Lego-made Triceratops and fight battles with it. She is absolutely incredible. Oh, and I mentioned she's inhuman. All of that on top of the fact that she has enhanced strength can go toe-to-toe with Hydra agents, specialized Hydra agents with no problem at all, despite being nine years old. Now, there is an alternate version called Moon Squirrel. We're not gonna be getting into the what if when she merges with Squirrel Girl and causes a lot of damage. I'm sure some people on the interwebs are going to say, ah, you didn't do that. Well, that's not true to the character and I'm not gonna use a what if because I have honor and that makes one of us on this show. And that's point number one. Wow.
0: Okay. So I really like this character. And I think if this character ever came to life, she'd be like, like, almost appalled and horrified that Ray Sticanus is repping her, which I don't blame her, by the way. Okay, listen, she's nine years old. She's a super genius. Here's the thing. All of us with kids understand that our kids at nine, 10, whatever it is, can appear insanely smart. But what are they lacking? the wisdom, the experience to kind of understand what the situation is they're about to put themselves into. At 9 or 10, especially if you're this smart, you're not going to be aware of what's happening in terms of all of the other uh, factors that are coming into play, which is something that's happened to Moon Girl a couple of times with characters like the High Evolutionary who kind of take advantage of um, her naivete, if you will, despite her being insanely smart. On top of that, her intelligence to kind of show, like, hey, you can build something, what have you, she needs materials to build. So I think in this version... She can only use what seems very impressive, by it, but she can only use what's on her at that moment. That backpack sounds great, but that Triceratops Gundam—I don't think that's part of her normal accoutrement, if you will. Look, all of this is great. Moon Girl's awesome, but I know for a fact she's actually not a great fighter. And that's not to put her down because she's got so much great stuff about her, but she's just not a great combatant on her own when she's fighting other insanely great combatants. More on that later. Now, let me get to my point number one. Point number one for me, let's talk about the abilities of Harley Quinn and the powers and abilities of Poison Ivy. So Harley Quinn's a former psychiatrist turned supervillain in the DC Universe. We know this. She's an Olympic-level gymnast. She uses acrobatics and hand-to-hand combat. She's fast enough to dodge bullets, can use her acrobatics to flip and jump through an array of lasers. She's described as, I, I'm just using this as a quote, highly exceptional and fearless fighter, able to hold her own against and even defeat superhuman opponents of all types with her fighting skills. In this version of the DC Universe, this is actually really interesting. Her fighting abilities are on par with any member of the Bat family. That's including Nightwing, by the way insanely impressive she's an expert in psychiatry she's a former arkham doctor described by poison ivy as a genius who can read people and even animals very quickly to understand what their motivations are and how to direct or even misdirect them this is going to come into play with moon girl directly you know her former weapon of choice was a mallet but she later replaced by a baseball bat now a baseball bat's typically not a great weapon as it takes a lot to get it kind of after you swing it to get back in a ready position. But Harley Quinn has mastered the use of a bat as a almost like a martial arts weapon of destruction. She is insanely great about that. Now let's talk about poison ivy real quick. Of course, she's got her chlorokinesis. That's that ability to manipulate and animate plants, giving her control over them. She this allows her to use them as soldiers' weapons or tools. She's the ability to release pheromones that can render people and animals unconscious or make them fall in love at the really weird times. She's got toxic and poison immunity. Uh, she can handle all of those things without any harm herself. She's also got the power of regeneration because she's a human-plant hybrid and she has the ability to completely heal herself from even fatal wounds and injuries. And even if the injury is super bad, as long as there's dirt somewhere near her, at least she can use that to enhance her healing factor, make it even quicker, and more effective. Here's a fun one. She's got the power of size alteration. She can, uh, you know, this toxin she ingested and now she can do it all the time. She can grow to massive sizes, kaiju sizes, and that increases her strength, you know, and her durability. There's this character named Giganta. You won't believe this. Her power is becoming giant. Well, with this... Poison Ivy actually became more giant, bigger, stronger, all that kind of good stuff than Giganta. Now, she also has some cool abilities. She's also insanely smart. She holds multiple PhDs in botany, chemistry, and toxicology. Uh, Let's see, she's an expert marksman. Yeah, I said it. Poison Ivy has insane accuracy. In one episode of the series, where her vision is extremely blurry, she was able to grab a gun and shoot two people in hazmat suits, both between the eyes. That's with blurry vision, and just pop, pop, she got it done. On top of everything, she's also labeled as an expert level combatant where hand-hand fighting skills are listed as insanely good. Again, that's according to the uh, official wiki. Now, put all this together and you've got a fighting duo that is insanely powerful, knows how to fight, loves to fight, and loves to hurt people. This is not looking good for a nine-year-old with a T-Rex. That's my point number one.
2: Very, I mean, interesting, I suppose. You know, one thing that you have to remember about Harley Quinn is that she is certifiably insane. She hung around the Joker way too long and she suffers from, you know, hallucinations. She doesn't necessarily have a reason to believe the world around her is real. And while that does give her some courage in some places, it does sort of mess with her perspective, right? If you were to put Harley Quinn from this show and suddenly put her with a genius nine-year-old girl with a he- boxing headgear and, a, and a, a boxing glove that extends and a giant red T-Rex, there is a very real chance that Harley Quinn just flat out won't believe it. <laughs> that Harley Quinn will assume that she is hallucinating, but, and then by the time she realizes that it's real, it's going to be a moment too late.
0: Also equally interesting points. All right, Delvin Cox, smartest person on the internet. You've heard point one from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle?
3: It's an interesting direction both of you guys are going into, but I think it's a good one. I think Ray did a great job of establishing Moon Girl and letting you know that she is probably the smartest one in this battle. Let me ask you this, Ray, before we go on. Yes. You said enhanced strength. Yes. What levels of enhanced strength are we talking about? Are we talking low-level you Captain know, America I, level? She she overpowers fully grown,
2: like, mercenary men, right? So there's definitely an element of strength there to it. Now, I'm not going to... I have a hard time placing her uh, uh, in the same plat- platform as, like, a Captain America Spider-Man, but definitely enhanced strength uh, uh, to a superhuman level. Although, as she is still very, very young, we can assume that that's probably going to get bigger as she gets older.
3: Gotcha. So that is kind of like... um like street level, but a little bit above that. Like
2: Yeah, I, I would say it's definitely superhuman strength. But it, to be fair, it has been said, when the crease scanner was used on her, they were like, yes, you have enhanced strength, but that's not really where your powers are going to come from. It's that super brain that you have.
3: Gotcha. That's, that's an interesting detail then. I think um, James did a great job. I think he almost kind of went a little bit all out with like, hey, this is what Harley Quinn is. This is what Poison Ivy is. This is what they can do, and this is how they can damage people. He didn't lay out specific details on how they can damage Gun and, and Devil Dinosaur, but he laid out a good foundation on what both of those characters can do. So I'm really interested in where we go with this battles and how we get to the victory for either side. So right now, it's, it's too early to call a, a winner so far.
0: I mean, you can if you want, but I get it. Show must go on. All right, Ray, go ahead and here's your point number two.
2: Point number two. Let's just talk about Devil Dinosaur because you've got the brains and you've got the brawn. Clearly, Devil Dinosaur is the brawn. Now, let's not forget he was originally created by Jack Kirby in, a, I believe, a nine-issue run back in 1976, where he teamed up with a guy named Moon Boy. who is not exactly the same as Moon Girl, you know. He he exists in sort of this savage land, and and he rode around with uh, Devil Dinosaur. This version of Devil Dinosaur officially comes from a different, you know, multiverse world, Dinosaur World in Earth 78411, a primitive reality that would have been far in Earth's past but happening real world time. He was transported through a portal to Earth 616 along with that gang I spoke of earlier, the Killer Folk gang who came through looking for this sacred nightstone that ended up getting in the proximity of moon girl and she picked it up so that's how all this kind of kicked off devil dinosaur is extremely strong extremely durable and shockingly agile he punted kid kree who is mel var you know an actual kree member he punted him two burrows over when he made him mad he just absolutely knocked a kree member all the way to another town that's who we're talking about here. My One of my favorite moments ever, and I'm just going to lead with it. In his original comics, he grabbed a Triceratops that was attacking him. Actually, with his tiny T-Rex arms, put the Triceratops in a headlock and then picked him up and suplexed him in one of the greatest moments in comic book history, quite frankly. Dinosaur on dinosaur pro wrestling moves. You basically hit the nail on the head of everything I want to see of all time. A few other strike feats, he flipped over a fire truck just by giving it one small kick. They tied him to four elephants to see who would be stronger. Well, Devil Dinosaur took those four elephants for a ride. We also saw in the uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur comic, uh, he ran straight through an entire building, just put his head down, smashed through one wall, smashed through the rest of the building, smashed through the next wall. And this is New York City. These are not exactly like, you know, uh, Amish barns, you know? These are big structures. And he just rolled through it like it was wet tissue paper. Another moment in the new series, he was underneath the ground under the sewers looking up through a manhole cover and smashed up through the concrete so he could save children from a burning building. Absolutely. Durability. He took a beating from the Incredible Hulk. If the Incredible Hulk slaps you around, grabs you by the tail, and smacks you repeatedly, you don't tend to get up and walk away from that. He was able to get up pretty quickly and uh, continue on, whereas I would be dead. We would all be dead if the Hulk did this to us. Devil Dinosaur was able to get up afterwards and keep going. He also attacked a Hulk. This is Amadeus Cho's totally awesome Hulk. Different version, still a Hulk. Sent him flying with a few shots as well. You hit the Hulk and the Hulk goes flying and your fist doesn't get broken. That means that good things are happening as far as your strength game goes. A guy jumped on the back of his neck, went to his head and tried to stab him, right? That's usually how you take these big guys down he, Devil Dinosaur barely noticed that that even happened. So the question I would have is, what are Harley and Ivy possibly gonna do to even hurt the Devil Dinosaur, much less defeat him? I mean, bullets don't penetrate his hide, right? They hit the chitin plate, so they sort of like bounce off. He once tanked a thunderbolt attack from a, a superhero that could shoot lightning and thunder. He tanked it, not even a problem. In fact, he just immediately tried to bite him afterwards, so he barely noticed that. And what surprised me is Devil Dinosaur is actually agile enough at his size that he dodged gunfire. People started opening shots at him, like I think it was three guys with like machine guns, and Devil Dinosaur made them miss. That is not a thing I was expecting to read when I started cracking these things open, but that is a thing that happened. So when it comes down to the strength game, I know Ivy's got some plants, but I think that comic book version is a bit more dangerous than this kind of comedy show version. I just don't see a way that these two characters are not going to get trucked by devil dinosaur. And that's my point. Number two.
0: All right. I got to bring some pushback on uh, some of your earlier points. First of all, Harley doesn't suffer from hallucinations whatsoever in this animated series we're talking about. And by the way, she's seen crazier stuff in this version, you know, in this series, which I'll get to as well. But hallucinations, not something that happens to her. Her craziness is actually quite focused. It's actually really fun. Moon Girl, I just had to check. She doesn't actually have super strength. I actually wish she did, because that'd be really cool. She doesn't. She's listed as having a strength factor of one, which means regular human strength for that person. Uh, I guess aim, you know, of. So or, whatever you want to call them, Hydra agents just aren't that great, never really were in the first place. Thirdly, just to you know, kind of defend the honor of my Amish friends, Amish barns are actually very strong buildings, race to canis. How dare you! I believe they could withstand a Tyrannosaurus going, Rex going right through them, but we'll we'll have to figure that out later. And finally, you're saying, if I'm not mistaken, Devil Dinosaur is strong and tough like a T Rex. He's a T-Rex Devil dinosaur
2: nah, is he's an enhanced version of a T-Rex for sure, uh, but he is at his core a big mutant T-Rex that Rex faces. And 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 for the record, James, she does have enhanced strength. Now, uh, this was after she was an inhuman that sort of turned and got her power set. It's entirely possible that the thing you read uh, was potentially taken before that happened. I'm not really sure what you're using there. Uh, oh, you must be using the Marvel Guide because that's your number one go-to, but she is listed as having enhanced strength in her comic book form. I will push back on your pushback there. It's, I'm not saying again, it's not Captain America Spider-Man strength, but she is much stronger than a nine-year-old should be.
0: I, I get it. Listen, my when my my son was nine, he he like knocked over a few. True story. He knocked over accidentally a few grown men, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's got enhanced oh. super strength." Um, turns out, he just has regular Gabsy strength, which equates to enhanced super strength. All right, let me James, get. To I'm my... not
2: gonna lie. When you started that sentence, I thought you were gonna say he knocked over a liquor store, and I <laughs> and I was about to see him in a whole different light. But no, you 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 righted the ship. Good job. Good parenting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the knight is young Ray that's all I'm going to say I'm not really sure where he is right now alright moving on It's my point number two Let's talk about Poison Ivy's chlorokinesis for a moment, shall we? Look, anytime you have Harley Quinn on a team, you kind of have to understand the unpredictable and chaotic nature of what she brings to a fight. We get it. But with Poison Ivy, you know what she's done before in this version of, of this series to understand what she's really, really capable of because this may be the most powerful version of Poison Ivy ever in the history of this character. Look, she can create poisons and toxins. She can create poisonous plants that spray out poisons. These poisons can do anything from knocking out people and animals, causing them to die, or even transforming them into plants so they bring this in. So again, she can create plants that can shoot out this poison, and she can actually sh- you know, create poison coming out of her as well. This is crazy. She can create large and powerful vines or tendrils that act like a way more powerful and durable version of Doc Ock's mechanical arms. Now, with these vines, the tend- or whatever the tendrils, whatever you want to call them, she can grow them to what she calls monster size, where they actually could tear a literal kaiju-sized tree monster easily in half. Uh, they can grab and incapacitate even super powerful beings. They grabbed under one woman, kept her under control. That's pretty insane. They act as shields, to intercept gunfire, fire, energy blasts, any other attack you can think of. Thereby, you know, she's she's protected by these tendrils things that I always, always wanna look after her. And they even act on their own. So she doesn't even have to focus. She, they just wanna protect her. These things are so strong, they restrained Aquaman. And while Aquaman was in water, by the way, and Aquaman is insanely powerful also in this version of the DC animated universe. Okay, listen, Devil Dinosaur, maybe a slightly enhanced version of a T-Rex. That's awesome. Aquaman is a badass, a superpower badass that can hurt Superman these tendrils these vines can keep him under control and capture him let's see they've even captured and restrained batman as and completely captured him she can control dozens of these things at the same time and by the way she can grow these tendrils from any type of plant matter that is near her she can just make them come out of the ground she took a petal off of a flower and used her powers just to bring the the vines to life out of a petal of a flower it's crazy she can also cause plants to come to life and become sentient as she did with her plant frank voiced brilliantly by jb smooth by the way I just love that guy but she can create an army of plant soldiers, do uh, you want to call them, at any time she has complete control of them even when they are sentient and have a mind of their own at one point she used her power to turn everyone to gotham into a plant zombie or she raised the dead i should say she if there's anything that's dead around her she actually turned them into plant zombies dead zombies of people coming back up she did that to bruce wayne's parents that is crazy and finally she can change her size i just talked about this but she can change her size and grow to a kaiju size where he keeps all of her powers but gets an insane upgrade in strength and durability but all of that pales in comparison with Harley Quinns psychotic violent tendencies now why am I kind of shifting over here because this is something that's really going to come into play in the HBO Max series Harley Quinn has no issue smashing a thug or anyone else with her baseball bat where she when she hits them you literally see bones breaking coming out of people's bodies all broken and jagged sorry kids at home we see Harley smashing people's heads in like she was playing a game to win tickets to Chuck E. Cheese, her ability to commit violence is just insanely fun to watch and is at this point an art form, which is something Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur will not be prepared for at all. Guess who else is really, really violent? That's right, Poison Ivy. Maybe if Moon Girl and Devil Devil Dinosaur were just fighting Harley Quinn by herself, I think they've got a great chance. But against the hyper-psychotic and violent Harley and the insane power of Poison Ivy, well, it's just not looking good for the team from Marvel. That's my point number two.
2: Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. We, we know all about the vines. We know all about poison. Ivy has the tendrils and the, the, the plant life. And I, I don't know I when you talk about, oh, they'll just create a wall in front of poison Ivy. At the end of the day, they're still just vines. And we have a gigantic, what, 50, 30? I don't even know. It changes based on the frame in the comics, quite honestly. Sometimes Devil Dinosaur looks 20 feet tall. Sometimes he looks 50 feet tall. All I know is that he tore through an entire building like that building wasn't there. And you're going to sit here and tell me that a couple vines are going to have an effect on him. No, they're not going to stop him from tearing through them, chewing through them, and getting to the, the nougat cream center that is poison ivy inside all of these vines. Devil Dinosaur is, quote unquote, not afraid to bring it. I would question, because, you know, Harley and Pamela do have a certain sense of humanity around them. They are struggling with, are we heroes? Are we villains? Are we anti-heroes? All throughout this series. It's sort of the theme of the TV show. So I would push back that this version wouldn't have an issue fighting a nine-year-old girl. I do have a question about that, because I think that while they are vicious and they are killers... That morality exists in this version of those characters that might cause them to pause, and that could be their undoing.
0: All I'm going to say is, because I don't want to ruin this, I want you to watch the series, Ray. I just wish you were right. I wish you were right. You're you're not. I wish you were. And it's a little disturbing, the series. some
2: examples, James. some examples. I will. Don't examples. you
0: worry. Don't you worry. All right. We are at the turning point, where after hearing two points from Ray and myself, Delvin tells us who's ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Delvin has to say, let's celebrate the Hoodwin Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Hoodwin Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today?
2: Today, we are going to talk about a patron who's been with us for a little while now. He's been there since pretty much the very beginning of the Patreon. We got to talk about Sarvis.
0: Ooh, Sarvis. Now, that's interesting. Okay. You know what? We're using Devil Dinosaur. Let's go with that theme. Let's have Sarvis go up against Swoop, I believe, the Pterodactyl from the Dinobots.
2: Wow. Swoop, the Pterodactyl from the Dinobots. That is quite the reach. Good job, James, on having the ref level. (laughs) Sarvis... Against a a pterodactyl. That's great, because what's going to happen here is the pterodactyl is going to be flying over the city, and the pterodactyl is going to be, like, picking people up and then, like, eating them, biting off their heads. Sorry, kids, that's what pterodactyls do. Fly up in the air and then drop them on, like, heavy rocks and swoop down and do that. Now, this particular version is is a dinosaur, but he's also a transformer, so he's probably not gonna be biting heads. I don't know where I'm going with this. My point is that his job is gonna be to fly down, grab somebody, and then fly away. And this is what's gonna happen. He's gonna fly down, try to grab Sarvis, and fly up in the air. He's gonna get all the way up in the air and be ready to drop him when he's gonna realize that's not actually a person at all. That is in fact like a mannequin with like a speaker in its mouth. And that's because Sarvis uploaded himself into the machine to turn himself into very powerful AI. And he's going to say, game over, Swoop. I tricked you. And that mannequin is going to explode because it was packed full of TNT, C4, and everything else. It's going to blow Swoop right out of the sky. And Sarvis, the AI, is just going to jump with Bluetooth or Wi-Fi to another location, reform into a body. And that's how Sarvis beats Swoop.
0: Eesh, that was quite the battle, but it does make complete sense. All right, congratulations, Starvis. Now, remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now, back to the turning point. Delvin, you've had a moment to ponder two points for both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory?
3: This is a really interesting battle, and, and I, I like direction it's going into. I was kind of leaning towards... Poison Ivy and Harley, until Ray brought up the point that, hey, these characters have humanity. They, kinda, they have humanity. And what I mean by that is, I'm going to go back into who would win lore because as Ray brought it up, the last time Poison Ivy was represented, that came up. So this, this is a thing that we can say that's a, a common thing about Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. So I, I'm a little trepidatious about them attacking a child, But on the other hand, I don't think they have a problem attacking a dinosaur. So my my whole thing is, I'm trying to figure out, because I look at at the battle like this. On Ray's side, I need to know how Moon Girl can defend herself. Because yeah, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy may not want to kill her, but they can knock her out. And knock her out past two minutes. On the other hand, I want to know, how far will Devil Dinosaur go to protect Moon Girl? And can he, will, will, is Devil Dinosaur willing to kill? And Devil Dinosaur willing to knock them off the battlefield removal? I know you said something about um, Devil Dinosaur through, I think it was a Cree soldier, across, across multiple towns and areas. So I'm really interested to see where this can go. I think there's a path of victory for both teams. But it kind of leads, based off what I'm seeing right now, The path to victory is probably going to be based off the powerhouses of the team, which I think right now is Devil Dinosaur and Poison Ivy. Can Poison Ivy use her vines to hold Devil Dinosaur down for two minutes? Can Moon Girl defend herself from Harley Quinn or outsmart Harley Quinn so she can take herself out maybe? Can Harley Quinn knock out Moon Girl? This is a, a tricky matchup, and I think based on your arguments, both of you guys have a path to victory. So right now I'll say it's dead heat.
0: Interesting, interesting points. Let's see how this all plays out. Uh,
2: all right, Ray, go ahead and us with your point number three. Point number three for these two characters, we're gonna put this thing all together because there are some things I haven't referenced up until now. Now, you ask how would they fight together? Is she gonna be vulnerable? Well, one way that I saw them fight a lot is Devil Dinosaur just reaches down, grabs Moon Girl in his mouth uh, by her backpack. So she's like operating drones uh, that are coming down and getting in people's ways. She's doing all kinds of gadget stuff while he's just putting his head down and smashing over people and smashing through them and kicking cars over and he's actually protecting her in the battle as she's helping to fight uh, right there in the middle of it all. It's a pretty fantastic thing. Now, one of the things I haven't talked about, though, is the fact that there was a Terra Genesis cloud. Now, what this does in Marvel Comics at that time is that a cloud goes through New York City, and if it comes over you and you're a latent inhuman in your genes, which Moon Girl is, it unlocks your powers. And she was very, very nervous about this, especially being young. She'd been avoiding the cloud because you don't always know what those powers are going to be. They could be real bad. They could just drop you down right away. So she was kind of not eager at the age of nine to get into it. Her life was going pretty well as it was but it hits her anyway oh through the course of the comics because of course it does and what is her special mutant power outside of a little bit of enhanced strength she possesses the ability to take over the body of devil dinosaur she her consciousness actually swaps with devil dinosaur when she gets very very angry or she gets very very hungry. When one of those two things happens, boom, she blacks out, they switch bodies, and she immediately becomes the devil dinosaur, which means we have the smartest person in the entire world with an entire, you know, a a, a bag full of gadgets potentially in the body of a ferocious 50-foot Tyrannosaurus Rex killing machine. And that in itself is incredible. When you talk about the heavy hitters, Devil Dinosaur by himself, has he powerful. He's trying to protect Moon Girl. He's trying to, you know, do that thing. But when you put the genius brain in the giant body, it almost becomes unfair because she's gonna be able to outthink and outpower both of those characters that she is facing on the battlefield. Now Devil Dinosaur in Moon Girl's body, I wouldn't say that that's a great moment. Uh, There is some sort of feral activity that happens, running around, getting in the way, still attacking people with that sort of enhanced strength, but obviously nothing to the level of what Moon Girl's going to be able to do inside that body. Now, together, they do magical things. Separately, they do great things, but together, uh, Devil Dinosaur got taken in uh, to a cage that Tony Stark created that uh, he was not supposed to be able to come out of. In fact, the guards were gonna taser him repeatedly every time he tried to get out of the cage. Well, they were changing out their weapons, getting them recharged again. When Moon Girl comes in, working together, they smashed out of the Tony Stark cage and smashed their way out of that building entirely together. And that's the point. I would argue that Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn are great uh, separate characters. Working together, that's pretty decent but Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur literally take it to a whole other level, both with their teamwork as well as when she takes over his body. This has given them wins over Mole Man, over Claw, who she took out with a fire hydrant, amazing. And amazingly, Moon Girl has a win over Deadpool, the character from last week. She kicked him in the no-no danger zone. (laughs) And then Devil Dinosaur leaned down and ate him when he was trying to decide what level of violence uh, is appropriate for a nine-year-old. The two of them combined to take out a character of Deadpool's caliber, that's pretty fantastic. Of course they took out the killer folk gang. And this is the whole thing. Devil Dinosaur is gonna get the brunt of the attention. He's absolutely gonna get the focus of Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy because of course he is. And that's when moon girl can use her array of gadgets, her sonic blaster, which is, you know, that's going to work on those vines. Sonic blasters always work on those types of things. And she has a whole backpack full of whatever the heck it seems could help her in the moment of these crazy Tony Stark inventions that she's created. And so while devil dinosaur is getting the focus, she's going to sneak around behind him just like she did with, I believe two hydro troops where she rewired their backpacks. So they exploded. and they didn't notice her there, and she did it in like three seconds and was able to rescue a whole bunch of people, and that's the thing. He's going to get the focus. She's going to get the win, and that's my point number three.
0: Ugh, this this is not a strong point, to Canis. All right, let me kind of push back on some of the, the things you mentioned in your previous point. You know, in, in the battle, the previous battle that you're referencing, Delvin Cox, with Poison Ivy and Bumblebee, you it was Bumblebee's humanity that Poison Ivy used against him, for lack of a better term, because she didn't have it, he did. Now, in this series, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn do have humanity for each other. They love each other, they're now married, it's a really cool thing, but those are the two that they have humanity for, just each other. The reason why I hate doing this, there was an episode where uh, they were looking for the newspaper boy, and uh, Frank, the plant, said, I haven't seen him, and they're like, really haven't? He's like, no, and he burps, and he pukes up the kid, who's a, like, D- digested skeleton they're like oh there he is that was it there he is in another episode poison ivy brings dead zomb- dead people back to life and turns them into plant zombies amongst those were kids and she knew what she was doing they're slightly unhinged if a kid gets in their way this is something they've done this is part of their history they'll take out the kid if a kid dies they're like oh that's a shame anyway moving on it's a little unhinged and it's kind of creepy and scary, and I hate to say it, entertaining at the same time. Now, let me get to my point number three. I really hate to do this because I really like Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur's characters, but for my point number three, let's talk about some big wins for Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn and uh, some of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur's weaknesses. All right, so in terms of big wins, they beat this character named Plastique, who was part of the Suicide Squad when Amanda Waller sent her in to kill her, and she's a trained assassin using explosives to destroy everything. They took her out very easily. I believe Harley Quinn just knocked her out and then Poison Ivy just tied her to the ground which was a bad idea because Plastique's Bombs were set to go off and that just distro- blew her up as she was tied to the vines. Anyway, they beat a character called Queen of Fables. Now, this is an evil sorceress who can summon and bring to life creatures from story tales and fables. And Harley and Poison and Ivy took on the creatures that came out of the fairy tales. or They were much more devastating than the devil dinosaur. Trust me on this. And they beat the Queen of Fables by trapping her in a book. Which book? The most notorious book of all time. It was a book about U.S. Uh, tax codes. So they trapped her in a book of U.S. tax codes because there's no creatures to come out of, completely defeated her. They beat this character named Dr. Psycho, who uh, who has psychic powers, can read minds. And they beat him while he was wearing a helmet made from apocalypse high-tech that was given to him from Darkseid. And this helmet amped his powers to insane levels. They beat him easily, how you may ask? Once Harley kissed Ivy because Ivy was at risk. She said, Harley Quinn said, I'm going to use the power of air quotes, true love, to win. And it broke Dr. Psycho's spell completely. And they came together. And that was the start of the love affair. And it was awesome. Now, Harley Quinn killed, as in killed, at least six massive parademons. These are uh, dark sides, you know, creatures that kind of come over and take over cities. These were like probably eight feet tall, massive, flying around. And she killed at least six of them very quickly, just using her baseball bat. Again, master of all that kind of stuff. Uh, Let's see. Here's the big one. Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, especially Poison Ivy, were holding their own against Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman smashing her magic bracelets together, creating that concussive blast we see. Superman's using his strength, his speed, his heat vision to fight off the vines, but it's very challenging. He's throwing cars at Poison Ivy and all that. The vines are protecting them. Batman's doing everything Batman does. Nothing even gets close to either one of them. They were taking on the trinity, DC's trinity, and more than holding their own. And just to make things clear, Ivy's vines, again— they trapped Aquaman while Aquaman was in his strongest form while he was in water, and they even held down and, and trapped Wonder Woman. These are insanely powerful beings. No offense to Devil Dinosaur. Let's say he's a little bit stronger than a regular T Rex, which is pretty strong. That's not stronger than Aquaman in water or Wonder Woman. And when Harley Quinn is hurt or being attacked, what happens to Poison Ivy? She powers up Super Saiyan style. Look, if she powers up enough, she can send out a signal that causes everyone not only to stop fighting, but to madly fall in love with someone near them. That includes animals, that includes people and strangers. That's a spoiler from the Valentine's Day special episode, by the way, that's coming out soon. And if that wasn't a poison ivy can enter what's called the green, which is the Earth's life force that connects to all things plant-like on Earth. And when she does that, her power goes up even more. She can literally make any plant do anything she wants in any way possible, How will Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur deal with that? Now, let's talk about the weaknesses of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I really hate to do this, but I have to. Now, Lunella is great, but it's a fact. She's uncoordinated. She's untrained. She's inexperienced. Based upon the data available for Moon Girl, Kid Kree's analyzer, this is a Kree who is supposed to be like Captain Kree, whatever. He had this analyzer, rated her offensive capabilities. Not her intelligence, but her offensive capabilities, her dexterity, defensive efficacy, and experience each as a threat level of 1%. She got a 1% as a fighter, as a combatant. She got a 1% when it was measured. And Lunella's consciousness, when she transferred into the body of Devil Dinosaur, the Devil Dinosaur's consciousness is placed within her body, right? You just said that. This makes Luna go completely feral. Lunella, I should say, completely feral. Now, a young girl going feral is no joke. I guess she can bite and... Be ferocious and all that kind of stuff. We're talking about Harley Quinn, who has a tamed, who's tamed a pair of hyenas. Never mind the fact that Harley Quinn could take 10 seconds to do a feral moon girl. Anyway, the vines could easily hold down devil dinosaur, by the way, spraying with poisons or toxins to knock him out or even kill him or turn him into a plant. Ivy can use her to make to com- take complete control of moon girl and put her under his control as like she did with Batman. And finally, look, Harley Quinn can analyze anyone on the spot and break them down, make them reverse course. She did this with Batman. She did this with Batman. She even figured out Batman's secret identity on the show. This is crazy because she becomes part of the Bat family later on. Spoiler alert. Look, as great as Moongirl and Devil Dinosaur are, they don't have the fighting skills, the fighting experience, the overall power of Ivy, the EQ, the, not the IQ, but the EQ of Harley Quinn, the synergy of two soulmate, soulmates when fighting together. That's why Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur lose. That's why Harley
2: and Poison Ivy win. That's my point number three. No, you're getting so much wrong here, James. You know, what I want to say right here is you talk about Poison Ivy could do this. Where were the examples of her holding down with Vines something as big as Devil Dinosaur? I frankly heard you say she could do it and didn't provide any examples that this version of the character has actually done it. Now you wanna talk about comic book, that's different. I think you're being a little bit shady here, James, and you're trying to create the illusion of other versions, but not keeping true to the one that you have. You know, Aquaman in this particular show, let's face it, this show treats Aquaman like a joke. I do not believe for a second that she could pull this off against Devil Dinosaur, especially when he's, you know, being super pumped. But let's talk about more things right here. Her threat level physically, Moon Girls, 1% from the Kree Analyzer. Yeah, James, because I'm not talking about her as a physical threat so much. It's her brain and it's her devices and it's her wherewithal that's going to do it. That same analyzer had her as a 100% threat to a Cree, And if it's only 1% physical, where's that other 99% coming from? Exactly. And you're going to brag that Harley and Ivy killed a member of the suicide squad Wow, that's literally what they do, James. They die. Come on. And the Wanda Sykes character, the uh, the Fables lady, kind of an awesome episode. I actually suggest everyone go check that one out. And you're gonna get on him for you know, oh, she psychoanalyzed Batman, a character she had deep familiarity with. Not gonna happen here. What's she gonna know about a nine year old? You know that that that's actually gonna be helpful in the context of a battle against a T Rex. And you're actually gonna pretend Harley Quinn is has an EQ emotional. You actually think she's stable? emotionally. That's the exact opposite of who Carly Quinn is. And let's talk about killing the kids. Those examples that you gave, James, were not them killing children. It's them being indifferent to children. And the fact of Poison Ivy, she brought children back to life. What does that say about her humanity in regards to children? You didn't show me an example of them actually knowingly killing a kid. The thing I thought you were going to bring, but thankfully did not. And the last thing I want to talk about if either Poison Ivy or Harley Quinn, if one of them goes down, and they will, because Harley Quinn is not super-powered in this. She's an Olympic-level athlete, but she's not super-powered. Remember that. Don't, don't think about other versions of the character. If one of those two characters gets defeated and goes down, the other one will probably try to protect them and will, and will try to get them off the battlefield. So I only have to defeat one of them in order to make that happen. Whereas... Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. If one of them goes down, the other one is going to go into a rage. I'm talking T-Rex level rage and absolutely do terrible things and find another level. It will be about avenging, not retreating.
0: Wow, that's a lot of uh I'm gonna use air quotes again. Nonsense, but that's okay. Listen, Delvin the smartest person on the internet. You've heard three points from both Ray and myself. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and Harley Quinn and Poison
3: Ivy. Let me go by first saying this was a fantastic matchup. There's a lot of different elements to it that I thoroughly enjoyed. I like both of your points on things. I like that James kind of brought out that, hey, no, they will go there if they need to. They may not kill the kids, but they're they are different to it. It's not going to hurt them. And I like the point that Ray pointed out, like, no, they didn't actually kill the kids or anything like that. So they may have some humanity to them. So you guys did a great job of countering each other's points. I think you, you both of your third points were very strong. Ray bringing up the fact that because the whole thing has been coming up is these vines. Can these vines hold down Devil Dinosaur? I think that's a key factor in this battle that we've been going through. The, the Aquaman... Holding him down is a very great example. Wonder Woman as well. I think those are two very good points. But as, Jay, as Ray put it, brought it earlier, Devil Dinosaur took attacks from the Hulk. <laughs> that, that's, not a, that's not an easy feat. Like people, usually when the hawk hits people, they stay down. So I'm, the durability of Devil Dinosaur is impressive to say the least. So one thing kind of turned the tide for this battle for me. And it's something I didn't expect would. But it's very important. So this is how I see this battle going. I see both combatants on each side of the field. Harley Quinn and Moon Girl are going at it. I think Harley Quinn kind of has a slight advantage. Moon Girl's holding her off with her technology and stuff like that, kind of keeping Harley at bay, but Harley's a fighter. You know, Harley's going to come relentlessly like a killer. She may not want to kill Moon Girl, but she's going to come at her like that. I feel like Poison Ivy is going to attack Devil Dinosaur and she's going to go all out at first because it's a freaking dinosaur, obviously. And she's going to come out there trying to tie him down. Devil Dinosaur is going to still come. I think what's going to end up happening is eventually Poison Ivy is going to tie down Devil Dinosaur. And this is where it happens at. Devil Dinosaur is tied down. Poison Ivy and Harley are closing in on a Moon Girl. So they think. In actuality, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur has switched bodies. And that thing right there, the element of that surprise, which in a battle, they wouldn't know nothing about. They wouldn't know that Moon Girl gets switching the Devil Dinosaur's body. And I think that would be just enough to give Moon Girl and dinosaur, Devil Dinosaur the advantage to win the battle. So therefore... The winner of the battle is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur.
0: Unbelievably lucky wow. of joy. Well, that is Delvin Cox. Delvin Cox. Delvin Cox. Delvin, let, me, let me talk to you one to one. Ray, you can go uh, drink some Pepsi Max in the corner for a second. Delvin I got Cox. It. Delvin Cox. Number one, what? Number two, Devil Dinosaur got beat up by the Hulk within like three panels of a comic book. Anyone can do that. Really? The, the the poisons, the toxins, the kaiju sized, the strength, the everything, and you think a night. And by the way, nine year old girl transfers her con her consciousness who can't fight into a dinosaur, and now that dinosaur is still. Hey, I'm tied up by vines. Now I'm super intelligent. Still tied up by vines. And this, this person now poisoned that, me. Though. What's that?
3: If devil dinosaur is tied up by vines, and Moon Girl, who is the smartest person in the Marvel universe, gets in that same predicament, she would know how to get out of it and they wouldn't realize it's moon girl Girl, who
0: has no real fight iq Like she has got an intelligence iq but has no fight iq and is really can't fight that well and batman who got trapped by the vines who couldn't get out she's gonna get out with no if fight if batman
2: IQ. was in the body of a t-rex he'd oh, get out delvin james cox. and you yes. know it delvin and cox delvin cox, it. delvin cox it.
0: delvin cox you are amazing smartest man there must be some logic I'm just not seeing because this one, I gotta disagree a billion percent, but I love how you came up with the answer. Didn't like the answer, but I love how you came up with the answer. It's a process. I'm allowed to disagree, but. Ugh, of course you are. I think everyone else is gonna disagree too, but that's just me. Race to Canis, congratulations. How do you feel with this victory?
2: I'm personally shocked. I really thought Delvin Cox was coming in to be the cavalry to save James from a, 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 a miserable pain train that season five has been for him so far. But what I will tell you is, Delvin Cox, you're back in the running for judge of the year back in season five. I didn't agree with season three. I've been on the record of saying it. I definitely didn't think you should have won for season four, but based on this decision alone, you are judge of the year in season 5 already front runner second place third place how many wins do i have i don't know because they're just keep piling up delvin great job today way to pick up what i was putting down you don't often listen to me and i'm glad today you chose to delvin you were equally popular and
0: smart on the internet now you're just going to be smart i'm sorry about that man <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all have an off night. It's okay. It's fantastic. But you know what? Delvin Cox is still the man. Delvin, you are amazing. I disagree a billion percent with your decision. But again, you're a smart guy. Maybe I'm just not seeing what you're seeing. So until that time that you're back on the show, which I hope is soon, tell
3: the Legion of Audience, our Might fan base, tomorrow. where they can see you. Come check me out. Me and Ray are out on Justice League Mortal. Definitely do that, which comes out in two days. So definitely do that. Also, check me out on the Delvin Cox Experience anywhere you get podcasts and the PlayStation Experience anywhere you get podcasts as well. Two great shows. But definitely, if you have the time, you like DC stuff, check out Justice League: Mortal. Fantastic cast. It's going to be great. And why don't you plug your own podcast too? Delvin Cox Experience. Definitely check that out anywhere you get podcasts. Got a lot of great guests on there. James has been on there. Ray has been on there multiple times. Crystal has been on there. So if you like the Who Won show and you want to hear From some of those people, some great interviews from them, definitely check out the Delvin Cox experience.
0: Very cool. All right, Ray Canis, you got another victory. I guarantee next week will be very different. Tell the Legion of Audience where they can find you.
2: You know, one of the places I want to plug right now is obviously Justice League Mortal. You know, my favorite scene in Justice League Mortal, I'll spoil it right now, is when Batman's consciousness gets trapped in a (laughs) T-Rex and he's being held down by Poison Ivy's vines, and he shatters them and breaks free and destroys her. Now, you might ask yourself, did that actually happen in Justice League Mortal? Well, only one way to find out, listen to the four-part audio drama extravaganza when it goes live in two days, wherever you podcast. Look for it, there'll be plugs everywhere on the Who Would Win channel, my channel, Delvin's channel. We're all gonna be going live with this thing, Justice League Mortal, Find it wherever you podcast this Friday. Wow, very, very exciting. And otherwise, look, I'm great. I'm the best. Everybody knows I'm the best. Everybody knows I should win every single time I walk into the who would win arena. Honestly, I think it's to a point here in season five, we gotta take a look at finding me some real competition. James, you're trying. You're trying your best and I know it. The problem is I'm too great so let's you know what I think it's time if you're at home and you think you can do a better job than James Gavsey and that quite frankly should be all of you I want you to send your resume and why at who would win show on Twitter uh, tag me on there at Almighty Ray I will try to find somebody who's worthy enough to actually face me in one of these battles because quite honestly this is getting just too easy.
3: I regret my decision.
0: <laughs> Delvin, again, if I had a dollar. For every time someone said that after Ray talks, Who Would Win, Legion of Audience, here's the deal. Here's the deal. There's a reason why I'm the front person for the Who Would Win show. You know, outward facing, we have advertisers, we have producers, we have a whole bunch of other people coming in. And I'm like, hey, talk to Ray. And sometimes they do. And then they come right back to me and they're like, no, we're good. James, you're our go-to person. Today's episode was an exact example of what we're just talking about. Delvin Cox, this one hurt. Not gonna, not gonna lie. This one hurt. Questioning a lot about you. Not your intelligence, but just a lot about you. But we'll figure that out later. Listen, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavs. You remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, to Stecanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.